If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right, Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today, download the app, or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Switch on Pop and Vox Media are conducting a short annual survey, and it would mean a lot to us if you'd fill it out. It's just two, maybe three minutes, and it radically helps us sustain and improve the show. So please head over to voxmedia.com slash pod survey, or click the link in our show notes to fill it out. Thanks, and now onto the show. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Charlie, today under discussion, the art yeah. of the comeback. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, and this is a high stakes comeback because we're oh. talking about a big pop act that has been broken up for like six years now. Oh. Releasing their first new single and like they got to come correct, right? It's the Grateful Dead. It's going <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing if this it's a trio. Oh. Okay, so that narrows it down a bit. Okay. All male. Bill Evans trio. All related. Oh. And now, oh, now it's narrows. All recently married to famous celebrities in their own right. Oh, wow. Let's, I'll give you the, the, okay. the, the partners. Yeah. Priyanka Chopra. Oh. Uh, Sophie Turner, a.k.a. Sansa Stark of Game Whoa. of Thrones. Uh, Danielle, I'm not going to say her last name because that will give it away. Oh. Reality television star. I have no idea. Wow, you are <laughs> out of the loop, and I love it because we are going to bring you in because today we yeah. are talking about the Jonas Brothers. Oh, cool. Back yeah. on the charts after a long hiatus. Nick, Joe, Kevin, they're delivering the goods, and they have to, right? Because if they make this big comeback, especially now that they're all married off to celebrities in their own right. Yeah, they're megastars. They yeah. can't fail. No. So this is where, on this episode, we're going to explore their new song, Sucker, and we're going to see how a reuniting mega group is going to go through a recipe list, essentially. Okay, sure. All the, what, are, what are the key ingredients of making a surefire pop hit in 2019? Awesome. I am so excited. So where do we begin? Let's begin with the chorus of their new song, Sucker. Great. Ooh, is that like an almond break kind of thing? Yeah. With the drums and there's like, this is not... I was expecting like even more bubblegum pop for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because they are that when you think of the Jonas Brothers in their sort of prime yeah. incarnation. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They were like the paragons of bubblegum pop. Yeah. But now they're a little older, a little yeah. more mature. Yeah. So they have to retain something <laughs> of their like innocent past while also showcasing their newfound maturity. Sure. But you're into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a cool track. Yeah. Good. It's got so, really good energy. Yeah. Great. 
Now, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. In the past, who was the lead singer of the Jonas Brothers? I'm going to say Nick. And you'd be wrong. I'm just guessing. I have no idea. It's not Kevin. No, it's not Kevin. You do know that. He's he's Kevin. That's kind of a trick question. Kevin doesn't really sing. He's more of the guitar player, you know. Uh, But yeah, Joe Joe is always up front. Now, let's go to the very beginning of this track because we'll see if that's still the case. We go together. Better than birds of a feather, you and me. We change the weather. Yeah, I'm feeling heat in December when you found me. Nice falsetto. Yeah, and that falsetto is belonging to Nick Jonas. Yeah, yeah. So he's. This is interesting. He's like maybe becoming the new leader of the group, perhaps. Did he had the most successful solo career in music, no? I would say so, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think we're seeing like they're reforming, but there's a new hierarchy. Oh, this, is, this is like if the Beatles got back together and Ringo were the lead singer. <laughs> no, not quite. That would be if, <laughs> if Kevin was the lead singer. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... This is really smart, though, the way they start this song because mm. they're playing into the narrative of the band itself. Oh. And like, so now Nick okay. is the new lead singer. Let's go back to the verse. So he kicks it off, but then Joe is going to come in. Okay. So let's let's play that clip from the start again. We go together. So here's Nick at the start. And they go together. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now here's uh, Joe. Is this a song about climate change? And then check this out. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. Right? Yeah. Okay, so we get one brother, two brothers, brother (laughs) twa. It's really fun, right? It's like, it's musically satisfying, but it's also giving you this narrative of like, literally these brothers coming back together, one voice, another voice, and then the two voices in harmony. It's really and the cool. lyric as we go together, yeah. birds of a feather. I mean, I think it sounds like it's maybe about a relationship, but it has a double meaning. The right. brothers are back. It could be about family. It's, it's it basically Backstreet's back, all right. Yeah, <laughs> never, never, a, never a bad idea Wasn't to that reference. Their first song. I don't understand. It was one of their <laughs> first mega hits, and I don't know where they're coming back from. I think maybe they had whatever. That's a profound That's a question that we must save for another time, yeah. Charles. So this song is smart. I think it's yeah. it's a very smartly constructed song. And they're going to pull in a lot of references that are, I think, really deliberately poised to, to make the song success in 2019. Yeah. So I want to pick out a couple of those okay. now. And I want to start with that section that you really liked, the, okay. the funky drum breakdown okay. section. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Okay. Um, and the, the first thing I want you to pay attention to is the whistle. That is some hot whistling, if I do say so myself. <laughs> it's good whistling. And it, not common. I don't feel like we hear a lot of whistling. Oh, see, I disagree, oh. Charles. Oh. This is great. Okay. I disagree. Yeah. I think we do hear it a lot. And in hmm. fact, it may be so common that we're not even totally aware of how much we see it. In fact, I think huh. throwing a whistle on your track in, in 2019 is like a surefire way Shut to, the front to, door. to get, to get no. above it. And I think we can trace this back. It's actually been going on for a good decade. Huh. Because if you go back about 10 years, you had a big hit in a song by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros called Home. Home. 
Whistling is not as good on this one. <laughs> it's a little out of tune. Yeah, I don't disagree. But I think that's because what we're hearing here is like the start of this trend in the world of indie rock. Yeah. It also serves a different purpose. Like that that whistle for me is like whistle along. So it's okay mm. if you're not totally in tune. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe the, the Jonas Brothers sounds like whistle at. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we, we won't play it, but there's also other examples yeah. like Young Folks by Peter Bjorn and John. Right. Like yeah. in, in the late 2000s, this really belonged to the world of indie music. Okay. But what we see, I think, over the 2010s is like the trend of whistling starts to migrate into the language of pop. So like we can listen to – actually, I'm not going to tell you who this is. Um, Let's just play the next clip. So, so far, we're just hearing acoustic guitar and whistling. Any guesses who the song might be by? I have no idea. What, what um, kind? Describe the kind of artist it might be by. Uh, Nickelback Comeback. <laughs> okay, great. Let's keep listening. Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, baby. Oh. Okay, here's the first clue. Girl, I'm going to show you how to do it and we start real slow. You just put your lips together and you come Charlie is grimacing so deeply right now. Now Charlie is shaking his head. I don't like it. <laughs> Why not? That drum beat, if done poorly, sounds like the first drum beat that a rock drummer learns. Mm. It just is very cliche. I'd hate the compressed guitars. The whole thing just sounds very affected. I don't disagree, and probably uh, not uh, uncharacteristic for a flow rider. Oh my track. god! I, I was gonna actually. I'm not even kidding. I was like, "Don't tell me this is flow rider." <laughs> I was gonna say that. Yeah, and you would have been right. This is whistle by flow rider. I don't like it. So we're hearing this like indie sound now starting to wiggle its way into the world of pop music. As this whistling technique migrates from the world of indie to pop, I yeah. think it becomes more and more an essential sound of a pop hit in the late 2010s. Oh. Let's spin a, a little song, Sit Still, Look Pretty by Daya. All right, I'll tell you what I heard. Yeah. Whistling. <laughs> another so this is another sign. I've heard it on the radio. I never liked I never noticed before. This yeah. this features whistling very prominently. Yeah. I'm gonna give you one more. It's Maroon Five moves like Jagger. Mm. Wild. I would have almost if you if you would ask me to hum that, yeah. I would have been able to or to whistle it. Yeah. Thought it was a synthesizer or something else. Yeah. I mean, it may be. I don't know. This may be a synthesized whistle <laughs> or like a augmented human whistle. But it's interesting. You know, like now let's step back for a second. Like, yeah. why the whistle? If you buy my argument here that the whistle is actually kind of a ubiquitous feature yeah. of modern pop hits, yeah. why? Because it's, it's a little odd. It's like, why the whistle? I'll just be direct. It sounds like crowd pandering it's like getting everybody to start clapping their hands at a particular mm. moment it's, it's just a surefire way of getting people to participate i don't mean to be too cynical about it because musical participation is a beautiful thing yeah here's the downside of that's okay. true most people can't whistle well 
Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, yeah that was that was rough. Was, yeah. I'm sorry everyone had to hear that. And I try, Charlie. I practice all the time. No, I think you're totally right. And I don't mean to suggest that we are listening to this century's modern masterpiece. I think no. we're listening to a very savvy pop song here. Hmm. Not necessarily, you know, one of extraordinary artistic integrity. <laughs> But I think you're right. The whistle is is a tool to pander. Whistling is like what you do when you're skipping down the street and it makes you feel good and it's and it's naive and childish. It's it's simple, right? Like pop, good pop music. And I've got it. Okay, so okay. get this. So the whole song opened up. We go back to the Jonas Brothers, yeah. right? So the first lyric is like, we go together. Yeah. They start joining each other. Uh-huh. So it's brother, second brother, yeah. third brother. And the whistling is everybody else. It's like uh-huh. everybody is invited to participate. Yeah. I'm 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 totally on board. Okay. It's very yeah. Good comeback. Yeah. If you want to smash in 2019, you want to throw a whistle on there. Mm. What else do you want? Okay. The next thing is actually in that same exact section. It's mm. that those drums that immediately you mm. were like, "Whoa, I yeah. like this." Yeah. Okay. Let's let's spin that one more time. Let's just focus in on that funky drum rhythm. I love it. It's so good, right? It's one of those drum breaks where you can't find the repeating pattern because there's so much syncopation in it. Yeah. And so you just keep getting pulled into it. Yeah. This is the other ingredient in the recipe for a perfect pop song in the 21st century. It's it's not a program. It's it's not a software. It's not an instrument. It's a person. A person named Homer Steinweiss. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going to go. Yeah, no, it's true. If you want to have a pop smash in 2019, you have to get yourself a Homer Steinweiss. Wait, where do I buy one? <laughs> this is... Because I was even noting, like, that's a long interlude for just drumming and even yeah. live drumming. So Homer must be a live drummer. Homer is indeed a live drummer. And he's the essential session drummer right now. Yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd hazard that you've heard him many, many more times than you might think. Huh. Because Homer Steinweiss is, among other things, the drummer for Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. What? That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's how long do I have to wait for you? Uh, rest in power, Sharon Jones. Yeah. So Homer Steinweiss, drummer for the Dab Kings. Yeah. But also on tracks like 24 Carat Magic what? by Bruno Mars. Oh, it's such a good track. Yeah. Everything that Bruno does is pristine, Mm. right? Like every note is placed perfectly. And just like the drum break in the Jonas Brothers, the drumming here, I cannot find the repeating pattern. And and it's different here. I think Homer Steinweiss is being 
like augmented with some maybe electronic drums yeah, and some other sounds. Yeah. Oh, certainly. But you're right. We're hearing some characteristic qualities of his style, like these non-repeating phrases, these sort of off-kilter syncopations, and just something more indescribable, a certain feel, a certain touch, a certain approach that cannot be recreated in a in a laptop. No, no, it's too... It's both so perfect and so human. Totally. And oh, that, I love that, Charlie. I think one other place you really hear this is his drumming on one of my favorite songs of all time, Rehab by Amy Winehouse. Uh, yeah. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no. Even though just those little fills in between. I know. Perfect. It seems so simple. And yet there's all these little moments where he just like snags a spare moment of open space. Yep. It's like something you think you've heard before, but then you realize like, no, I've never heard that exact rhythm before. I'm fascinated by this too, because his style is so 1950s, Mm -hmm. which you can certainly hear in Amy Winehouse, but even in the Jonas Brothers, I was noting that as well. It's like both feels like it's got a like breakbeat thing. Totally. But as if done on oldies radio yeah no it's it's totally unique and if you're you know a canny pop star in uh 2019 and you want to you need a shirt for your you know fraternal reunion (laughs) you got to get a homer steinweiss (laughs) i I gotta figure out if i can get one guitar center (laughs) um okay so just to quickly recap you need your homer steinweiss you need your whistling and you need one other element to send your song to the top of the charts but we're going to talk about that after a short break. Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while, IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. So we've heard how whistling and the unique drumming of Homer Steinweiss are two of the elements that the Jonas Brothers are using in order to make sure their new song, Sucker, gets to the top of the charts. And there's yeah. one other thing they're doing. Um, this is a little more subtle. So I think we're going to have to break down this final ingredient a little more slowly. And actually, I want to start 
uh, somewhere else. I want to start with our last episode with Emily King. Okay. Something we didn't really go into too deep with her, but something that really stuck with me. She said the hardest part of a song for her to write is the second verse. Huh. Do you remember this? I no, I, I'm not remembering right now. She said this is the, this the second verse is so hard because you've just peaked with the chorus, right? right? That's right. Yeah. You've you finally given the listener this like triumphant moment. And then you have a challenge. You're about to go back to like a less, maybe a less exciting or like a less dynamic part of the song, she the had verse. Des- yeah, she, I remember she had described the chorus as like getting ice cream. So it's, you've just had dessert <laughs> yeah. and now you have to have another meal. <laughs> exactly. So okay. this is like a challenging juncture for, yeah. for songwriters. What do you do with that second chorus? Hmm. Now, let's listen to what Emily King does on her song, Remind Me. So here's the big triumphant ice cream chorus. <laughs> mm. What happened there? There's a moment of silence. Yeah, exactly. You need a transition because the the kinetics of the song are going to, they need to be different. You have to have contrast and here rather than sort of going from the highest slope down to like a middle plateau she actually goes all the way down to the bottom for a second you yeah basically silence yeah oh i like that it's yeah okay cool so falling from a cliff into a well or something (laughs) deep mixed metaphors yes no no but it's like it's vertiginous it's disorienting maybe that's what you need in order to get the listener to pay attention if we go back to our earlier metaphor we could call it a palate cleanser Mm, i like it um let's call this for lack of a better term uh the second verse dropout sure okay I'd like to suggest that Emily King is far from alone in using this technique in order to sustain interest into the second verse Mm. because it's exactly what the Jonas Brothers do following the first chorus of Sucker. Ooh, (laughs) that's good. You feel suspended mm-hmm. like you're holding your breath and you're hope everything's gonna be okay yeah is it the end it's yeah totally and it's counterintuitive because you're like as we've talked about you're generating all this energy in the chorus and then suddenly you just like pull the ripcord Goodbye. but it works yeah in fact it's so effective that i th- i would argue that the second verse dropout is like another one of these ingredients that you can use to get a surefire pop hit mm-hmm. in the in the 21st century uh, so we've heard it in Emily King. We've heard it in the Jonas Brothers. Let's find some other instances of this second verse dropout. Okay, cool. And I want to start with one of my favorite songs. I mean, more than anything, this is just an excuse to play Jason Derulo's <laughs> Want to Want You. <laughs> Again? Yeah. <laughs> just to get up next to you. You open the door. This one's a little different. It drops out. There's like a tiny second of silence totally millisecond of silence yeah. and then his voice comes in and then the rest of the arrangement mm, comes yeah, in. yeah yeah you're totally right so a variation on yeah. this on the second verse dropout but i think accomplishes the same thing oh definitely deep drop in energy and then you start to build it back up it feels like a- yeah um another track that does this and uh you know i i'm, I'm indebted to uh, our listeners for this one for mm. for turning us on to an artist i'm a big fan of now rena sawayama And Hmm. this is her song, Cherry. Let's check out the chorus. Mm. 
the 90s are alive on pop radio. <laughs> Similar to Dorillo, music drops out. Voice is what carries you through. You totally. need sort of like there's always sort of like maybe one element. Oftentimes it's just a reverb tail, but something is is bridging. Totally. Yeah. Once you start to listen, and I really encourage our listeners to do so. Mm. Um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I started like actively searching for it, it was kind of overwhelming. You hear it in Maroon Five, uh, what lovers do. You hear it in Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. It's all over the place. The second verse dropout. Huh. So is this? This is not a thing of 2019 this is a bubbling up you got a good songwriters are doing this all over the place i i guess i should rephrase i'm saying these are some of the techniques you can use to generate a hit in like the 2010s sure more more accurately not just now but i think the jonas brothers are clear and their producers are like clearly very Oh, they're clever, savvy. you know. Yeah, they oh, know yeah. what's yeah. going on, oh, yeah. and I think it's no coincidence that another song that is currently sharing the top of the pop charts as of this recording also features a second verse dropout, and that's "Sunflower" by Post Malone and Sway Lee. This one's neat. I like this because it drops out, but the arrangement doesn't come immediately back in. Yeah. The drums wait a moment. Yeah. And so there there really is this take a breath Mm. moment. Yeah. It's such an effective technique to overcome what Emily King is talking about, that challenge of like, how do you keep an audience's interest in that second verse? Yeah. Um, Now, I want to put a little bracket on our discussion of the Jonas Brothers one sec because okay. I'm doing I'm, I'm very consciously picking Sunflower right here huh. because this is and this is about you and me Charlie oh yeah. oh no we just we're just going to take a quick moment because I need to ask you something did I'm you not, like that oh I love Sunflower <laughs> I thought you did you were smiling you were <laughs> grooving how do I put this what's going on I don't know <laughs> Anytime uh, Post yeah. Malone comes up, Charlie goes apoplectic. He he is he is <laughs> he detests this artist, or so I thought. And yet here you are grooving along to Sunflower. So you got to tell me what's going on here. I feel like this is a case of where I will get hung up in both the like the celebrity and narrative mm. around the person and use that to supersede my ear and actually listening to the music, which is the exact reason why we do this project. It's like not get wrapped up in all of the, you know, celebrity journalism. It's yeah. like really interested in what the music has to say. And I got, I got swept away, which to a certain degree, I think is fair, right? Like post Malone has some issues. Uh-huh. The way that he represents his participation in hip hop culture, I think is, let's just say not particularly woke guy doesn't seem to have really done his homework and has on and on said some really stupid stuff about the role of hip hop and his participation as a, as a white white hip hop artist. And so I'm like, ah, just write that guy off. And, you know, I think throughout pop music, there's all sorts of folks who are complicated personalities of varying degrees. At the same time, I will admit that post Malone can, is, has a totally, unique sound that is a blend of really catchy pop hooks uh-huh. with inane lyrics mostly <laughs> um 
but the guy can write a melody basically and he's like kind of blending songwriting mm. into a lot of sort of trap and when i'm not paying attention and i'm just putting on the radio in the car and a post malone song comes on i've been finding myself not just like bopping my head but actually like starting to <laughs> sing the melody yeah so there's these like this conflict of i don't like the dude but the music has hooked me even yeah. you know despite my best intentions this is very moving for me to hear yeah and you know i didn't it's not an accident that i've sort of pivoted us to post malone here okay because what i'm hearing the okay because the way that you're describing your Post Malone journey, yeah. <laughs> I think it mirrors my Jonas Brothers journey because when I first, yeah. uh, you know, delved into the music of this band, I had so many. I'd already decided how I felt about them, and that and, which, and that was I didn't like them, and they're not cool, and they're lame, and this music is not for me, and it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, through through studying their their music and their history, I did come away with this newfound appreciation for what they do and i think we could even maybe expand that to like some kind of thesis about pop in mm. general which is like okay so let's step back for a second okay okay are our songs like sunflower and sucker modern classics are we going to be <laughs> listening to these a hundred years from now are they going to be like in textbooks are they going to be you know, studied alongside Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. <laughs> I mean, maybe if it's a textbook about spring 2019, then sure. But if it's about the last couple of decades of pop music, I mean, obviously jury's out, but uh, probably right. not. Right. And it's maybe. a good point. We, You never Unlike, know. Unlikely. You never know. But I agree. Unlikely. And yet I feel like there's, it's still really valuable to dig deeply into these tracks to understand how they work even though they are fleeting pleasures right even though they are disposable even though we might not be listening to them a few months from now there's i, I think we shouldn't get too stuck on the issue of a song's indelibility like yeah. it just it, is that a word i don't know buddy i'm i'm all in on it. i just made yeah. it up i'm you can, just, you can verb anything. We're gonna we're gonna it. throw it up on like <laughs> wi wi wiki dick wiktionary or whatever. <laughs> but like, I think I think that there is this anxiety within pop music of like, does it matter in the long term? Mm. And I like what you're getting at, where it's like there is something beautiful about what is momentary, but what's happening right now, and especially if you're having a comeback that's happening yeah. right now, yeah. you better be relevant at this particular moment. You've got to capture people's attention. Yeah. It's kind of like, it makes me think of like, it's like a flower bloom, right? Like a, oh. a pop song, like it arrives, it's beautiful. You can water it for a while. It gets, its, it has a, a life and then it moves on. That's a beautiful metaphor, thank Charlie. You, and you. and in that spirit, let's recap. What is the sound of, of a hit pop song in 2019? And we're looking at three <laughs> ingredients in particular. Okay, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay, let's see if I can bake this cake. Okay. Uh, we have got Whistle While You Work. Whistle, yes. <laughs> you the, got a the, whistle. The pandering whistle. Um, there is one drummer. His name is Homer. Very good. Steinweiss. Steinweiss. Homer yeah, Steinweiss. You need a St Homer yeah. Steinweiss. And, and if it's not Homer, it sounds like like live drums with a lot of um, vivacity in them. But if you can, no, you need it. You, you got a, a Homer Steinweiss. Yeah, yeah. and so. you can't get it at your local guitar center. <laughs> oh man, I'll have to get his number. And number three. Number three. Ooh. Um. Okay. So you got to drop out so mm. that there's. A place to build back to you can't yes. you can't give it all away too soon tune in turn on drop, drop out, out. <laughs> yeah. all right this wait, is wait uh, a minute uh 
it would it be too bold <laughs> to say that the dropout songwriting method uh-huh. and the Jonas Brothers career uh-huh. are like entirely linked that like the Jonas Brothers career is a is a metaphor of the dropout it's like I'm reaching too far I don't even have have heard the words for it's like they had they had to like they had to show up have their big chorus and then they had to disappear (laughs) for a second so that when they came back you get really excited about it I that is whoa I we just have to end the episode because I have to (laughs) step back and process that the profundity of of what you just said that's generous let's roll credits (laughs) Switch on Pop is a production of Vox Media. Our producer is Jillian Weinberger, engineering by Brandon McFarland. Our community manager is Sarah Terry. Our executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Allison Rocky. Again, we'd so appreciate it if you go to voxmedia.com slash pod survey and just take two or three minutes to uh, fill out an audience survey. It means everything to us because it is actually it helps us understand how to grow our show, where to take our show. It helps make the whole thing possible. So means a lot yeah voxmedia.com slash pod survey beyond that you can find us on twitter instagram at switched on pop or send your thoughts to contact at switched yeah we love getting your thoughts and recommendations we're gonna be back again in another week on tuesday we've got something really exciting coming up one of my favorite songwriters it's gonna be spectacular it's gonna get deep until then thanks, thanks for, listening. for listening